When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you made the best ball playoffs. You spent all summer drafting. This is what we're here for. But now what? What players should be should we be excited for? What week 15 games are the most exciting? What players maybe don't look as good as before? What injured players are putting a dent in your lineups? We're going to cover everything you need to know for week 15 especially. But how to feel? What should we expect for our advancing Playoff best ball teams. Amen, Paul. We did make it. I, I, I can't. I can't believe it's here. On one hand, and on the other hand, it feels like, my God, it took forever to reach this point. It's. It's best ball is a funny thing. We spend all year drafting these teams for a tiny little sliver of a shot at life changing money. And then it gets here and you're both simultaneous. You are absolutely simultaneously optimistic and pessimistic about all your teams. That's how I feel. I'm, I have a handful of teams that have made it through despite the collapse on Monday night with Kyler and Ramondre, et cetera, that I'm excited about. But a lot of dead ones, a lot of a lot of extremely, extremely dead ones that feels like this is what's going to happen. Felix says, let's get hyped to get crushed by week one of the playoffs. This is pretty much how I feel. It's like, if you don't get excited about this and you're playing even like remotely seriously, like, what's the fucking point of playing if you're not going to get like this is these I tweeted about this just a little bit ago. These two days are the whole reason for the, why we draft. You make the playoffs, get excited about some teams. They'll probably almost assuredly let you down. But that's OK. This is what we draft for. We want that. We want that shot at the sweet, sweet. Million dollars, two million dollars. Um, we are going to, we are going to cover a bunch of different things today. I can share some of my advancing teams. If you have advancing teams, you would like to discuss, you can share them in the chat. You can screenshot them in the discord. I can pull them up either, either way is totally fine. going to talk about some of those specific teams, some specific advance rates. I've seen some stuff on Twitter about, number of players that uh, are advance rates on individual players. And we're going to talk about week 15, maybe the whole playoffs, but in particular week 15, it's kind of a gross slate. So if you have some guys in some smash spots, it can be a pretty significant edge this week, maybe compared to uh, some other weeks of the season. Andrew says, to kick off, Andrew says, you know, what should our expectation, though, be, right? 
with our teams. I haven't really seen, you know, one guy won a million dollars in the regular season prize. And a lot of those teams at the top are very good. Even those teams are flawed. Even the team that scored the most points in the regular season, it's, I mean, it's a loaded team, but it's flawed. It's got some guys banged up now. <laughs> you know, it just, everybody's running into this. There's so many injuries. There's so many teams that are dead, right? Even teams that won their leagues are dead, whether it be because of Kyler, Lamar, or maybe Ramondre now, you know, and then if you get a dud from Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders or Tony Pollard or any of these guys, you know, the next thing you know, a lot of the pod is knocked out from the couple of dead teams to the teams that were relying upon a certain number of guys because just no, most teams are not deep right now. Most teams are not deep. So I do, I do agree. It feels really bad. Probably if your teams are like mine that got through, it doesn't feel awesome because you don't have very many teams. You know, I do have a plenty of those teams that I'm contributing to the deadness of said team, but you also have other teams that you look at and you're like, I don't know. This damn AirPod is uh, driving me nuts here. But you also have teams that you look at and you're like, mm, you know, it's not dead. But am I really gonna am I really gonna beat nine other teams that advance to the playoffs? And the answer is, you're you you don't have as good of a chance to win on on the teams that you think are good, and you don't have as bad of a chance to win on the teams that you think are really bad. Obviously, setting aside teams like I have two, I advanced 32 BBM teams and uh, out of 150, and two of them have no, they can't field a quarterback this week. It's like Kyler Mariota or Kyler Zach Wilson or something like that. Uh, uh, one was Stafford and Zach Wilson or something. But anyway, I think you have two teams that can't field a quarterback. Those teams are dead. But like your teams that you look at and you're just like, mm, not that great, are probably uh, have a better chance than you think. And the teams that you look at, like, this is my favorite team. I'm in love with this team. It doesn't have as good of a chance. Yeah, this is interesting. One, uh, Jack says, are you guys going through your pods and looking <clears throat> at, you know, at least, at least like Jack says, for your good teams? You know, for your there's no reason to go through your pod on your teams, like you said, like I said, that have Kyler Mariota or Kyler Zach Wilson or Kyler Stafford or whatever at quarterback, maybe Lamar if he doesn't play. But are you going through your pods? And I, I, I haven't done it for my um, BBMs, although it is kind of interesting for BBM because it's one out of 10. You know, the what the, some of the puppies are like one out of 18 or something like something like that. I can't, I can't remember all the advance rates with all the different tournaments that we have now, but one out of 10, if you get a couple of the dead teams, right, you're a little more alive than you think. I have done it for, uh, I did do it for, I only advanced one big dog team to the playoffs. And I looked through that one. There's eight teams in the second round. And uh, at least in this big dog, the big dog two, and three advance, and one team in my pod has no quarterback, has Kyler and Mariota, I believe, at quarterback. So it's three out of seven, really. That's the one I've that's the one I've looked at. Um, 
here's a here's a good one for your expectations on like what happens this week felix had 80 teams that advanced <clears throat> last year i assume you mean in the the dk millie which you won last year advanced 80 teams which was such an absurd advance rate into the into the first round of the playoffs and 13 moved on 13 moved on so for thinking through right if you have 100 teams or whatever the champion millie maker winner from last season on DraftKings got 13 more through into the second playoff round. So let's just say if you have a hundred and you get 15, you're right on par basically with the person who won the Millie last week. And all it really takes is one. You know what I mean? Um, This is so funny. This is absolutely so, so funny. CJ says, why does everyone in my teams have Zamir White? Paul says Zamir White is my highest owned running back left too. Zamir White is my second highest owned running back. Let me go to uh, I'll sh- share my screen on underdog. I'll just share my screen on underdog here. Uh, live best ball. That's the early. Nope, nope, nope. This one. Yeah, it's very, very confusing sometimes. So anyway, uh, let me zoom a smidge, smidgy. My highest on running back, Miles Sanders, probably not surprising to anyone. And also, Zamir White with Rashad White, Tony Pollard, Jerick McKinnon, Gainwell, Singletary, Dontrell Hilliard, RIP, um, Melvin, RIP, Michael Carter, Daryl Henderson, RIP. Not great. Not great. Uh Miles Sanders is my most important player, but I think Samir White is my second most important player. Which is pretty crazy. I did draft a lot of Samir White, so, you know, by that, by that uh, metric, you would expect him to be on a lot of teams, but my second, but being the second highest on running back was kind of surprising considering he literally didn't provide a usable week all season. Um, I do want to get my uh we are in the process of making sure everything is perfectly set up for um your draft iq and all the tools and everything on on spike week um i'm trying to uh buy time here and and pull that up but i am gonna go to that lineups page because it's just easier to see all my teams So again, just looking at everybody likes Best Ball Mania because it you know, there's a whole lot of money up top. So we can just use Best Ball Mania. And if I go by points ahead, right, I'll be able to see this. All the top teams will be my uh, my my advancing teams. And so we can just kind of look through a few of mine, and they'll assuredly spur some uh, specific names. But the the Zamir White one was was the most interesting thing to me. And so one thing I do think all season. Everybody just is like, look at this. This is my highest scoring team. This is my bet. That's my best team, right? Highest scoring is what people classify as best. And I really don't think that that is like how we should be, how we should be looking at it at all. And it's something I really want to do for, do better for next year is building something to help me see like what actually are my best teams throughout the course of the season. I would like to track them 
right? It could be it could be a team that's in third place heading into the last week is your best team because the definition of best is not highest scoring in the regular season season, you know, unless you're shooting for the regular season prize based on the the, the game we're playing here. Best is what has the most win equity in this tournament and that has to do with projection which could which you know will probably correlate to points scored but points scored can be fluky too you know my highest scoring team in best ball mania three as you see here justin fields jared goff marcus Mariota at quarterback running backs miles sanders devin singletary naheem hines james robinson zamir white jarek mckinnon and boston scott Wide receivers, T. Hig- Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, Gabe Davis, Amon Ra, Darnell Mooney, Devonta Smith, MBS with a solo Kelsey. Is this my worst team in the playoffs for BBM? No, of course not. Mostly healthy. Just no Darnell Mooney. No Mariota. No, no Mooney, no Mariota. But I mean, James Robinson provided some weeks for this team early on and has done is not even active. Samir White, not active. Uh, not active. Samir White, not getting the ball. <laughs> ever Devin Singletary kind of losing a little bit of luster, right? Boston Scott useless <clears throat> Mooney gone. Solo Kelsey is totally fine, but fields and golf project quite poorly actually in week 15, which will get to some of the week 15 schedule, which is a good example of all season, right? We're looking at our highest scoring teams because we're like, what, what the hell else? What the hell else do I look at? I want to look at the teams that have the most points. Like this is my highest scoring team. And it's definitely not my team that's the most the most live, if you will. Honestly, even like the second highest scoring team, the quarterbacks are really good, but basically just has Josh Jacobs, Rashad White. I guess I guess now it has Rex Burkhead, which you see down here with uh <laughs> with uh Damian Pierce getting hurt and old old Eno not a thing anymore on uh on the Texans, but it's like now DJ Moore's hurt. I mean, I like Goddard and Ingram being on teams. But the team's fine, but like, am I winning $2 million with Josh Jacobs, Rashad White, Michael Carter, and a handcuffed, a handcuffed Josh Jacobs, Rex Burkhead? You know, I don't know. Probably not. Um, here's another funny one, TDP. I've found it to be super funny and also frustrating, as Chase says. To some of the guys that you find, right, that exposure on these these playoff teams. Like, obviously, it's going to correlate with more with who you drafted a lot. That's why I have Zemir on a lot of teams. That's why Gabe Davis is my highest exposure player at 42%. But, like, it is kind of funny how sometimes you drafted a decent clip of some other guys, and they're 0%, and then it's total randomness, right, and variance of specifically which guys didn't do anything that are on that team. And you're praying, like I actually think we talked about this a little bit uh, in the Discord, which if you're not in the Discord, again, there's a link in the description. The conversation is incredible right now. Everybody's sharing teams, talking about players we want, exposures, advance rates, everything, anything and everything. The greatest best ball sicko place on the planet right now is in the, the spike week discord, but TDP is such a funny one where you're like, technically he's not the worst guy to have, although he's going to need, you know, he obviously needs something to happen to CMC <clears throat> and would need to overtake Jordan Mason, which now it does kind of look like Jordan Mason's ahead of him. Not just, not just for special teams, 
But like Zamir is ironically this guy who did nothing, but you do want on these teams for the playoffs, right? TDP technically could could be one. Pollard, Pollard is one of my highest running backs as well and is the third highest advance rate player in best ball mania per Josh Norris. Um, just pulling up his Twitter really quickly while we talk about it. For best ball mania three, 46.2% of Josh Jacobs teams advanced 35.7% of Tyreek Hill teams advanced number three at 34%, which shout out Jeff Becker for uh, being the first person to guess this. Tony Pollard, 34%. So Tony Pollard is quite a chalky player, right, to have in in the playoffs. I'm not saying that you want Zeke on your teams, but it's this is the kind of like crazy thought experiment when we get to this time where you look at it and it's not just about like, is this guy the best pick? Am I most excited for his potential? It is also about like, Hey, are you living and breathing? We talked about yesterday, like, please just don't be hurt, be getting on the field. (laughs) That's all we can really ask for. But having some form of leverage is like something's going to happen over the course of this, right? Like Miles Sanders is my most important player. It could be Boston Scott or Kenny Gainwell down the stretch for all we know. It could be Zeke instead of Pollard. CMC could go down and it's TDP or, or Jordan Mason, which I doubt is really drafted. But Zamir versus Jacobs is the clear one. Josh Jacobs, you know, had the highest advance rate in all of best ball mania. So what's the easiest leverage opportunity on a team if you look at and you have Zamir on there? Am I expecting it? Am I, you know, am I thinking Zamir is going to be anything other than a dud? No, of course not. But crazy shit happens. You know what I mean? Um, see, this is this is definitely interesting. We've talked about this a little bit on um, some other shows. You know, this can go both ways. <clears throat> Josh Jacobs is a free agent next year. And so they could just say, we're just going to keep riding you into the ground. But if they if they lose this week, they play the Patriots this week, so they could absolutely easily lose this game. There's not a lot of reason to just keep riding Josh Jacobs for 30 touches a week. And Zamir is a rookie who this regime drafted. I mean, you know, it's interesting. These are but these are the kinds of guys that I want to be on on teams because they are it's not the guy you like when we talk next summer. We're in May, June, July, August, talking about draft strategy and players to target and everything. I'm not going to go out and say smash Zamir White because his opponent's going to be the highest owned player in best ball mania and he provides you leverage. There's no actionable intel from this Zamir White leveraged spot. But when I'm looking at my teams, right, this is what we're doing in these couple of days. What's what's the point of uh, uh, like the, the whole point of this show the whole point of this freaking youtube channel is to talk about these fun elements of best ball like staring at our teams before they all die uh on saturday sunday monday this weekend and zamir white is the kind of a guy i want on these teams these direct leverage opportunities and guys that kept their uh advance rates in check 
yeah, definitely going to be a lot of McKinnons. I can search mine just for some reference points on some of these guys. Uh, so I advanced, you know, I have 39 Zamir teams with a 25.64% advance rate. This is just in BBM on Zamir. Uh, somebody was asking about Pacheco. Christian is asking about Pacheco. I do. I want to say I have one Pacheco advancing team. Two. Two Pacheco advancing teams. He's an, he's an interesting one. I'm really glad you brought him up. McKinnon is going to be more popular. He scored more points. He had that blow-up week last week. He was super cheap. Um, and, I mean, I have some more McKinnon, I think, as well. I'm not rooting against McKinnon. But Pacheco is fascinating because he hasn't popped completely like McKinnon, like McKinnon just did. But if there's ever a time for him to do this, they play, for anyone that doesn't know, Again, we'll get into the week 15 schedule and projection and everything. Houston, Seattle, Denver. Now, Pacheco did not go nuts just now against Denver. That wasn't McKinnon going nuts. But in week 17, if the Broncos have shut it down, could be a pretty good Pacheco spot. Could be a Rojo or Melvin Gordon spot too. But this week in particular, while we're talking about week 15, I think Pacheco is a good guy to have on teams, maybe more so than McKinnon. Maybe Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills will keep scoring a bunch of points this week. I find that hard to believe. And even if they do score a bunch of points, you know, it's a great matchup for Pacheco. It's an absolutely great matchup for Pacheco. Both Pollard and Zeke got there last week against the Texans. And uh, I would be excited for Pacheco. So I got two Pacheco teams. Um, Hertz Hertz is on both of them. Unsurprisingly, Hertz is my chalkiest quarterback. Saquon, ETN, Damian Pierce, RIP. Uh, so that that hurts. Uh, Diggs, Mike Williams, Godwin, Devonta, Drake London, MVS. Tight ends are not great. Hunter Henry, Tyler Conklin, and Kylan Granson. This other one, Pollard, Singletary, Gainwell. So a little leverage off of Miles, kind of. Zamir, Pacheco, Hassan Haskins. So this one's like kind of fun, right? Uh, Haskins, Hilliard's hurt. You know, I don't. Haskins has to beat out Julius Chestnut, but Haskins could be this kind of backup to Derrick Henry. Got Philly and Dallas, two good, two good stacks. George Kittle, Alberto, useless, but George Kittle, Zay Jones. McKenzie and Russell Gage, not awesome. Gabe, you know, not awesome, but there's upside here, right? CD, Devontae, Mike Williams, Gabe, Zay, Kittle. This one's kind of fun and a good, right? Like Hertz is going to be chalky, but it's it's CD, probably not super chalky. Mike Williams, probably not super chalky. Gabe, probably not super chalky. Uh, Kittle, but now Kittle doesn't have Debo. So again, this is just an example, I think, of Right, we're all doing this. We're all looking at all these damn teams today, and being like, "What's what team?" You know, I want to sweat some teams. I'm going in and I'm looking at these advancing teams, and like this would be one I would be excited for, even though it has Eagles, even though it has Pollard. I would be excited uh, for this one. Let's see. This is this is a, a a good one. You know, we're not rooting 
for anyone to to get injured. But uh, Madison, right? Madison, another guy, really hasn't done anything all year because Dalvin has been healthy all year. But if something were to happen to Dalvin over the course of these playoffs, and you get a you know a big Madison game, these are the guys that we want. And so I mentioned this yesterday on the show. If you have not if you have not watched it, I thought it was good. Lots of good conversation with the chat and everything, talking through the fallout of Week 14, the fallout of the end of the regular season, injuries things that were, you know, looking ahead, things that are different now than maybe we expected, et cetera, et cetera. But one of them was, I think the best situation to have on a team at running back in particular is a bunch of uh, guys like that. Madison, Zamir, maybe Pacheco, um, you know, backups to these guys, Eagles backups, Gainwell, Boston Scott, these kind of handcuff-esque guys that you have no idea. We, we don't have any idea who's going to pop up, but you want those, you know, they're healthy and they have contingent value still. And if you get that contingent value in a week where, you know, they had no advance rate, right? Alexander Madison, no advance rate. I probably didn't even advance a Madison team. I didn't draft him a ton. One. So I have Madison on one team. And it is Hertz, Pickett, Nick Chubb, Miles, Jesus. My, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Melvin, Madison. And it's a, and it's a Cooper Cup team. So you're like, mm, dead. You know what I mean? Cup, Wandale. Man, goddamn Cup. It's like if Jefferson was on this team, it'd be actually a pretty good team. But, you know, so Madison... Algiers, not a terrible one to have. Brian Robinson, right? Just these guys who by, you know, happens. So like instead of Jamal Williams, I would want someone, one of these other guys type of a situation. Um, Howdy, Tyler. Hello. How's your afternoon? Did you get some good teams through? Hopefully they're better than mine. This is an interesting, only blur says, uh, I don't have any McKinnon. What if he spiked at the wrong time? I mean, you could look at it one of two ways. He right time to help get some teams through if he pushed some teams out ahead. And to your point, he could have spiked at the wrong time where you needed that game, you know, in the, one of these next three weeks and you got it in what could also be the most meaningless week of the regular season because you you know you could have had teams that were already advancing and now you got the big McKinnon game in the week that it didn't matter. Uh, Christian says, are the Week 17 Eagles scary? Uh, it depends. It depends. They, It might depend on what happens in Week 16 when they play the Cowboys, right? So the Eagles are... Um, let me go to... Just go to... We'll just use ESPN here real quick. The standings <clears throat> are the week 17 Eagles scary. So Eagles are 12 and one Cowboys are 10 and three Eagles will be 13 and one after, after this week, Cowboys play Jacksonville. So definitely not a lock, but let's just say that the Cowboys win against Jacksonville. 
they probably need to beat the Eagles in week 16 to for us at least not to be concerned about the overall usage of the Eagles in week 17. The Eagles play New Orleans. So the Eagles are actually a really fascinating story. The Eagles are my highest exposure, like offense, generally speaking. Four out of my top six top six uh, exposure players on underdog advanced teams are Eagles. Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. Two parts of the story. We've talked a little bit about this on the show. If you've heard me talk about it already, I apologize. But two parts are, one, in week 17, if the Eagles have nothing to play for in terms of the you know the buys locked up, etc. You don't really want to not play guys for three weeks before the biggest game of your season, right? So you you're gonna get a buy. So there's one week off. You you might probably take week eighteen off or or you know barely play in week eighteen. You don't also then want to say, okay okay Jalen AJ everybody. You're not going to play for an entire month before our playoff game where we're going to play somebody that's really good. You know, we're going to play San Fran or something like that. You don't want to have not played for a month before um, before that playoff game. So I, I struggle. I struggle with them. I don't really see them shutting it down for week 17 and their matchup is totally fine. The Saints defense is uh, definitely not amazing. It's at Philly. But the flip side is you could see something like this where it's it's not that they shut it down. It's that they're just, we want you guys to get out there. We want you to play. You know, we need Jalen to stay in rhythm. We need AJ to stay in rhythm. We want to keep getting Miles, you know, 10 or 12 touches. But maybe Miles isn't getting his 20 touches. Right, we're gonna give Boston Scott more. We're gonna give Gainwell more in weeks in week seventeen. I think that's, I think that's the kind of fascinating part of mainly. Dogs are always popping into the conversation. That's the fascinating part to me of the uh, of the Eagles. Um, Patrick, forty eight percent. Trevor Lawrence advancing. Pretty good, uh, pretty good timing for old T Law to come on and push some teams into the playoffs. My goodness, in particular, him and Evan Ingram. Here's another one. It, it is just funny though. Graham says, "Why do I have a few Mark Ingram teams in?" It could have been not the worst thing ever to have Mark Ingram, similar to some of these other dusty backup guys. But now Mark Ingram's on IR, so coffins to him. Paul needs. Khalil Herbert back on the field. Khalil Herbert could be a good one too. Uh, so they draw two tough matchups. Let's just let's lean it. Let's lean into uh, week fifteen and the and the the playoff weeks here. Start talking about some of these guys in the context of who they're playing, etc. Uh, I'll zoom zoom a smidgey. All right, Chicago is a great example. So uh, Herbert will not. You know, for the week fifteen talk, Herbert will not. Herbert will not be uh, playing. He's he's eligible to return in week 16. Not the not the best matchup to return to against Buffalo, but also not the absolute worst. Buffalo's run defense is if we're gonna if we're gonna attack them somewhere, it's gonna be it's gonna be Buffalo. Um, but you get to week 17, 
against the old Detroit Lions. That could be interesting. He would be a guy that it's like, can I please somehow win this week without, you know, you should be able to win without Kula Herbert if you got in, but you know, give me that whatever. I need Devin Singletary to score two touchdowns this week to get me through and you get Khalil Herbert back for week 16 and week 17. He could kind of be a little bit of a difference maker actually. Um, so he, he's a, he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good example. Um, Johnny football says, I've got some really interesting and low owned players heading into this round. Very excited. Uh, what team came in with the highest score? I think I closed out my draft IQ draft IQ. I did walk through. Um, I pulled up in BBM and it was basically sorted by my highest scoring teams. How much did it win by uh, like 300 point, 200 and something points it advanced by. And um, I did kind of outline how it's funny that, that that team scored the most points, but I would not classify it as the team I'm most excited for. Um, it's just, it's, it's this game that we play is freaking weird, man. So silly. Um, PNBC says I have a Hertz Burrow QB only one in my you're the only one with Hertz and Burrow pretty good pretty good combination to be the only one with that amen I agree with Silas hit that little likey likey button um, Hoagie says is anyone else having issues syncing the advancing teams with spike week website with the spike week website yes it is uh, so you will have to go into I can uh present this really quickly you will have to go in so the playoff pods are essentially like new tournaments right just like when you sync your teams uh during the course of the uh draft season you know you got to upload every time you you draft the new team that is that is what you have to do for these pods as well so you'll go in and, and do your old click click to get the lineups for spike week under the live tab and then it is going to go you know get them for you it'll tell you uh once this comes through i'm going to get all these live contests and then i'm i'm gonna uh so i had had some kind of some kind of an error on one of those on one of those teams but if you run into any issues sending these teams over please hop in again, hop in that discord. There is a tool support channel and you, uh, you will get help from myself directly or from our resident tools expert hacker. Um, but you have to go in and re and re upload those teams and then it'll pull in those pods. And that is where you'll also be able to see, um, you know, a little bit more detail in all of the tools, including, including sweat, HQ, where you can kind of see your advance rates, what what you got to work with in your pods, etc. It's a pretty good player to be at, uh, advancing seventy or sixty seven percent of Tyler. Tyler advancing sixty seven percent of Amon Ra. Tough matchup for Amon Ra this week. Not sure that matchups matter for him in particular, but it is a, a tough matchup matchup for Amon Ra. But man, he's one of the top. Five wide receivers you'd want to advance, probably something like that. Uh, pretty crazy. Christopher, 35% of his teams in the TK Milliard Mahomes Kelsey. And that's a pretty good pairing 
That's a pretty good pairing to have. The Chiefs' schedule. Um, let's lean back into uh, that that schedule. The Chiefs' schedule is just crazy, man. Scroll down here. Kansas City plays Houston, Seattle, and Denver. Again, we talked about it with Pacheco. It, it'll be on Mahomes and, frankly, Kelsey to decide how many fantasy points they want to score and how many points the Chiefs want to score, at least in those first two games. Seattle defense is not the worst in the league, but it's not very good. And Mahomes has carved up everybody, right? Carved up the Niners defense, carved up the Broncos defense. And so against the Texans this week, Chiefs, you know, if you have heavy exposure to the Chiefs, you're feeling really good. We'll see how it shakes out. Sometimes these type of games don't work out how we want them to. But they're going to score plenty of points. It's just who, who's, who's it going to come from? Mahomes, Pacheco, Kelsey, McKinnon, uh, MVS, Hardman, Juju, right? We'll see who it comes from. But you, you have to be happy about having Chief. They, they're, they're like the definitive guide to week 15 is does your team have a Chief on it? Because at least you know that your Chief's in a good spot. Again, will it will it work out? Who knows? The Dallas like wide receivers didn't do anything last week against the Texans, but that doesn't mean that Mahomes' pass catchers won't do anything against the Texans. But then, like I said, on the flip side, if I have Pacheco, right? Pacheco probably be one of the lower advance rate guys. You know, with a with relatively speaking, he's not going to be you know the lowest. But Pacheco's not going to be some crazy massive shock. This could this could. You know, you might be most excited for Pacheco out of all those guys. Maybe they'll, maybe Mahomes will actually be able to complete a deep ball to MVS this week. That would be really fucking sweet. That would be really sweet. Yeah, this is a good question. Only Blur says, I have a lot of Jeff Wilson. Will he be low-owned in round two? Um, he wasn't drafted in every draft, so I, th- I think, yeah, he'll be low-owned. The problem is he's hurt. Uh, we need to see how he's doing. I haven't gotten we haven't gotten updated like practice reports yet today, but Jeff Wilson got hurt. Uh, do, 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 do. Chris asks, when will DK update their best ball for playoffs? Uh, unknown. It'll be it'll all definitely be updated <clears throat> by tomorrow when the games start, though. And you'll be able to, I believe, uh, you won't be able to see your pods for DK until the game kicks off tomorrow. So similarly, like our tools and stuff will not be able to get up to date for DK until tomorrow, but it's somewhere, right? Somewhere tomorrow, it's, it will definitely be done by kickoff. It'll definitely be done by kickoff. <laughs> yeah, somehow somehow winning $5. I, oh, I think it's uh, like a one of the $3 drafts we did before... Uh, I, I don't think that I, I think that there was like a three dollar draft that we did, you know, in like February or something like that. That I don't I don't think has been, uh, I don't think has been. Yeah, it, it's it's still showing a lot. Oh yeah 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 because it, it's it's not a right it's not a playoff contest. I'm in third. Silas, you're actually in second. In that, uh, it's like uh, fleas in here, eagles in here, newbies in here, AJ Burns in here. Bunch of guys, bunch of uh, B. Kurt in here. Uh, so it's definitely a friends and family draft in the early best ball time. And I am in third in, on that team. And oh my God, it is a horrendous. It does have Josh Jacobs though. Cooper Cup. Josh Jacobs on that team. Carrying me apparently. 
to five dollars. So that's where that five dollars is uh is coming from. Yeah, if you're getting a fetch air hoagie, just hop in the Discord. You know, this is the, this is the first time we've worked through the advancements and every the tools were created this summer. It's the first time we worked through the advancements and everything. So if anybody runs into any issues getting their teams uploaded, uh, their new teams uploaded with the pods, just hop in the Discord, um, head over to support, and we'll get you we'll get you straightened out. This is a good question. Underdog has not released all of the advance rate stuff yet. They will. They definitely will. <clears throat> um, so we don't know. Uh, Hoagie asked, anyone know Chase's advance rate? I have a handful of Chase teams advancing. We don't know anybody's outside of a, a handful of guys that they've released on Twitter, at least as far as when when this show started. But there's just no chance. Chase is, again, we talked about him on a couple of shows. Chase has got to be the guy in the first round. He's right. He, he's Definitely, you know, the contender or the 1A, 1B for the guy I would be most excited about to have from the first round. Not because he's the best. That would probably be Jefferson and CMC. But because his advance rate is just going to be minuscule compared to those guys, uh, particularly Jefferson and Kelsey and Devontae, right? He's just not going to have the advance rate, but he has as much upside as anybody on the planet as he showed last year, as he has showed repeatedly this year. Definitely be excited for Chase teams. Technically, this is Kenny. Kenny asks, it seems odd that you could finish with the second highest score in all of round two and not advance if the top score is in your group. Is that correct? That is correct. That is the... That is both the blessing and the curse of, of the pods. The... The, the pods and the, the way that advancements and stuff work in these playoff rounds, I think it's better. I think it makes the game better. It absolutely makes the game more fun. The, the, the biggest part of best ball that really makes it the most fun is the sweat. And yes, this ratchets up some variance to getting teams through, but I think that's a fun part of the game. I don't think we were trying to remove variance. And additionally, the more we add some of that variance in the more we're going to get less crossover in the follow-up rounds. Right? So if you just took all the highest scoring teams from week 15 and 16 and lumped them into week 17, the crossover is going to be so absurd, right? Players that go off in week 15 and 16 are going to be so crazy popular relative to what we get with the pods that I, I think it would make the game less fun. And it definitely you know, this type of a, a situation can happen. It's clearly very unlikely, but it, these types of unfortunate situations, right? You're going to have teams most likely that advance, you know, at least over the, over your career of best ball, you're going to have teams that get through this week, this first week that are lower scoring than teams that get knocked out. It just is what it is. But I think that that's actually good for the game. Um, even though that sounds kind of, ass backwards i think it's actually uh really good really good for the game yeah this andy says these are these ones are brutal dude seeing like pollard sanders teams you know it, god forbid you have like i have i have quite a few pollard sanders teams that advance the those two dudes have basically carried my running back 
all my run, my decent running back rooms. And then like every once in a while, I'll have some other guys mixed in there that are good. You know, you'll get a Mostert on there. You'll get a Donta Foreman on there, whatever. And I'm like, those are actually my good running back rooms. And then obviously the wide receivers are typically loaded. Maybe there's Kelsey on there, Hurts, elite quarterbacks or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, good. You're like, oh, Hurts and Lawrence. That looks good. Pollard, Sanders. Oh, Foreman. Okay. Got a good running back room. Uh, Cooper Cup. You're like, nope. Damn it. Move on to the next one. You're like, you only get so many teams that advance. And this shit is so frustrating to run into. You're like, yes, this one's good. This one's good. This one's good. Oh, Cooper Cup. This one's good. This one's good. This one's good. Oh, Kyle Pitts. You know, it's like, God damn it. I have one um, team I probably should have pulled up that uh, one advancing team that is kind of funny because I still feel like it's not dead. Not dead, dead. I believe I need to uh, double check really quickly. If I, because I, I know, I know it has Javante. Javante Williams. My one advancing Javante team. Let's go to points ahead. Look at this. Javante Williams in the second round gets first by 140 points. Mahomes, Lawrence, CMC, Miles. There's Zamir, Pirine. So, Clearly, CMC and Miles it relies upon, but I mean, there are worse freaking running backs to be relied upon than those two guys. P. Ryan got a little more work this week. You never know. He could help. Uh, AJ Bree, AJ, AJ Bree, AJ Brown, uh, Rashad Bateman, not so good, but Kirk, or Kirk, God damn it. Ayuk, nice boost without Debo. Kirk, certainly happy to have Christian Kirk on teams. MVS, whatever. There's my chief. There's you know, my chief with my Mahomes stack. Josh Palmer, fine. Garrett Wilson, smash. David Bell, getting better. Njoku, Tunyon, Brevin Jordan. You know, Brevin Jordan, useless. Tunyon's not very good. But at least it's three breathing tight ends that are cheap, you know, with a Chiefs stack and and a, a Jag stack. And it's like, but God damn it, this stupid, stupid Javante pick. <laughs> uh, stupid, stupid. Uh, this game, this goddamn best ball game is so annoying. Uh, Graham's got one. Let's see. Hertz and Russ. Yeah, RIP to Russ. I think I lost it. I uh, uh, he he helped me get a team through, and I think it was like a him and Daniel Jones. So now we're relying upon Daniel Jones in Week 15 to advance. Naheem Hines, Kenny Gainwell, Pacheco, Jamal Williams, TDP, Mark Ingram. <laughs> RIP. That's funny. Yeah, you know Pacheco. I would be totally. Happy relying upon this week. Hines, Gainwell, Jamal Williams, TDP. You're going to need some juice from those guys, but everywhere else is fine. Dawson Knox, tight end. The wide receivers are obviously loaded, assuming T plays. Uh, these are the, these are the examples of the teams where you're like, you can squint and be like, I could see some. I could see some. You know, Gainwell against the Bears, especially like, God forbid, the Bears. They're going to give up like 50 to to the Eagles just like last week. Like this week's just going to be another Eagles week. The Eagles are going to be so chalky and I'm going to have them and I'm going to be just rooting on the chalk all throughout the course of the playoffs. Um, Sags asked, what are the lessons learned thus far in the season? I don't want to get too deep into this because I do want to talk about week 15 here for the last 15 minutes or so. We will. I can assure you, if you subscribe to this channel, we will be talking a lot about this. Constantly, as soon as as soon as the best ball season is over, as soon as week seventeen is over, we'll definitely be 
enjoying the weeks, you know, the everybody that wins some money in week 17, but um, we'll be talking lots and lots and lots about the lessons. Do, 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 do. Let me see. Damn, Chris. Chris says he was able to get 43 out of 102 advancing. I'll take it. No shit, you'll take it. That's an that's an unreal advance, like absolutely unreal. Congratulations. Jeez. This is like, uh, Only Blur says, this is kind of a guy that's like actually not double negative, not uninteresting. Marlon Mack pops that big run last week. Mike Boone goes back on IR. It's just like Latavius Murray and Mike Boone in Denver. I mean, there are there are worse there are worse players to have than Marlon Mack on your on your team as a last round running back. And who the hell ever thought we would be saying that right now? They get Arizona and the Rams in Kansas City. <sighs> I can't believe that's a <clears throat> I can't believe that's even something we uh, talked about. Um, great question. Sag says, "Will Stevenson become leverage if he misses this week but plays next week?" Yeah, it's it's definitely possible, right? Damian Harris comes back, and we get Damian Harris advancing more uh, in a good matchup with Vegas. And then Ramondre, uh, which we don't know what's going on with Ramondre. He could play this week. Who knows? We don't know yet. He could miss extended time. I have no idea. But then Ramondre comes back for 16 and 17. And uh, if you can get him through, that's a, that's a good, uh, good example. <laughs> We know we know Felix is on uh, on Najee. Definitely agree that running backs suck. Um, do, do, do. Johnny says my high scoring DK team ended up at twenty three twenty six. Good lord, that's a lot of points, and it's a team of players I didn't normally draft. Also, the reason why I think best ball will end up having an impact comparable to how daily to how DFS did. I agree with you. Totally, totally agree with you. Um, Turk says, draft more rookies and don't think twice about it. If I had a dollar for the number of teams, I could have taken Ken Walker, but went with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely talk uh, rookies and stuff. Chase has 30% uh, Mac in Superflex. Yeah, hopefully you got some of those teams through because who, who, we talk about rookies. This is It's kind of funny that the comment right before this was uh, draft more rookies, right? How dare you take, uh, how dare you take Marlon Mack and he's, he's the guy who's surging at the end of the season. <laughs> Not the rookie, right? You took Marlon Mack over Tyrion Davis Price. Well, you got to take the rookie. What are you talking about? Tyrion Davis Price just buried. No matter how many running backs get hurt for the 49ers, just buried. Now Marlon Mack's breaking 60 yard touchdowns in week 14. What a what a fucking weird world. What a weird 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 world. All right, let's walk through some of the week 15 matchups because I think it's uh, like I said, I think it's an interesting week. And it's not something, you know, we care about very much throughout the course of the season, right? You're just trying to draft the best best players, letting the matchups all play themselves out. But this week, <clears throat> when you're trying to dissect what teams to be excited about, what players to be excited about, right? You, you don't have Josh Jacobs. You don't have Chalky Eagles. You don't have this, that, the other thing, Tyreek Hill. What does that mean? Well, that, that the first thing you can talk about is the Bills – that Bills Miami game is definitely going to be the game that most people will talk through. And of course, you're not upset if you have any Bills and Dolphins 
in that game. Josh Allen stacks, Tua stacks, even running backs in that game. There's potential for a lot of fireworks. The problem is that similar to a lot of Bills games, the Bills defense is still good, right? I'm not saying the Jets are some offensive juggernaut because they clearly are not. But they're, they've, they've proven to be competent on offense, completely shut down by the Bills defense last week. And frankly, on the Bills side, some of it has been a little bit of matchup stuff. I'm very confident still in the Bills scoring points, of course. I'm not a moron. Well, not that much of a moron. But the Dolphins are a fine are a fine matchup, but the Bills, you know, have not they've not done maybe what a lot of us thought. Diggs, Diggs still, of course, is is Stefan Diggs. Josh Allen hasn't played as well throwing the ball. He's still running fine, but he hasn't played as well throwing the ball. They just don't have a ton of awesome weapons. You know, Gabe and McKenzie are like fine guys to have on your best ball teams be, and Dawson Knox because they're attached to this offense, but they're not really difference-making NFL wide receivers and pass catchers. And so the offense hasn't been quite as good. So, um, yeah, and Alex says uh, the total is only 42, and there's potential weather. It's in it's in Buffalo. Um, and so it's one of those where you're like, you know, if, if it's just some snow, I'm not really worried about it. But there's there's more reasons to be pessimistic than maybe we would have thought even a few weeks ago about this game. The other side is that Miami has not been very good also on offense. Some teams are, you know, if you get on Twitter and get your hand in the in the dirt, get your hand in your keyboard, you'll see people kind of discussing that uh, they've figured out the Dolphins offense a little bit and Mike McDaniel. Uh, so we'll see. He's a smart coach. He can bounce back. No one's upset. I mean, Tyreek Hill still went for 24 fantasy points last week or whatever. You're not, you're not upset about having Tyreek Hill on your team, but he's very popular. He's probably popular in a lot of your pods, right? And so it's not the worst situation to not have Tyreek Hill, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, would I rather have Ty, you know, this is not apples to apples, but would I rather have Tyree Kill or Jamar Chase? I would rather have Jamar Chase. He plays the Bucks. <clears throat> the Bucks lost Jamel Dean. And uh, Antoine Winfield has been out. I don't know. Again, it's Wednesday. I don't know uh, all these injury statuses, but I know Jamel Dean is out. The Bucks are an absolute shit show. Tyler Boyd is going to miss. It looks like Hayden Hurst is going to miss again. T. Higgins might miss. So that hurts the Bengals' offense, but just all the Jamar Chase targets. So I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited for uh, for Chase. That is for sure. Another team I am excited for the old Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Chalk Tony Pollard is not someone I am you know excited to fade on non Tony Pollard teams against the Jags. The Jags defense is not good. The Cowboys offense is definitely good. Not elite, but good. CD is in a good spot. If you got some Michael Gallup through or Dalton Schultz, Zeke, these guys are in good spots. I really like Dallas this week. Jacksonville is good enough on offense to punch back. This game is probably like if you have not necessarily Lawrence because the Cowboys are not like the absolute best matchup for like quarterback scoring, but I think it's fine. Lawrence has been good enough. Kirk, Zay, Ingram, ETN, 
all those guys, I think, I think this game is a, is a, is a, is a pretty good one. Like I said, it's not a perfect matchup for Jacksonville because the Dallas defense is good. But I mean, we've seen repeatedly, we saw on Thanksgiving, the Giants punching, punching back against Dallas. And we just saw the Texans. Texans should have beat the Cowboys. So, yeah, I mean, if you have Evan Ingram after the explosion last week in the tight end landscape that we're dealing with right now, there's not that many tight ends you would rather have than Evan Ingram, which is sounds absurd to say. But I think I think you should be excited for Evan Ingram in that in that game. Um, we talked a lot about Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City is probably the one offense I think you should be most excited for. The next most excited offense for me is the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers play the Titans, and no one on the Chargers is going to be like a really high advance rate player. Eckler will have his. Eckler's been very good. Eckler will have his. Keenan will not be, nor, nor do you even really necessarily want Keenan on teams, <clears throat> but Mike Williams, I would definitely prefer to have. And I've, I've somehow got a decent amount of Mike Williams on advancing teams, fingers crossed. But they play the Titans, whose defense is falling apart, but they can still stop the run. Well, that is not a problem against the Chargers because the Chargers are not a good running team and they want to throw anyway. And now they're back at full strength in their passing game. Mike Williams back, Keenan, Gerald Everett, Palmer's healthy. They have all their weapons, and they're going up against a Tennessee defense who is falling apart and couldn't cover the pass even when they were fully healthy. So Mike Williams, you know, again, I much prefer Mike Williams to Keenan Allen in terms of who do I want on my best ball teams. But I think Mike Mike Williams is what I called him the other day was this third round Jamar Chase, right? Not going to have a big advance rate because he got hurt couple down weeks here and there. But if I if I got Mike Williams through, I'm really excited for this week. All of the playoffs. But also just the Chargers in general. The Chargers are funny because they're a good offense, but they're not going to have crazy advance rates. So you know, this is not the best Eckler spot, but Eckler can blow up again, you know, catch some passes here. On the flip side, the Titans would love for Traylon Burks to get back because I would like him in the, in this in this game, but I've talked ad nauseum about Derrick Henry. And I mean, now Dontrell Hilliard is out even more of a boost for Derrick Henry. He's probably going to play even more passing downs than he was before where Hilliard really spelled him for most obvious passing downs. <clears throat> you know, he would catch some passes and play some play in the past game a little bit more than in the past. But now it's just a real that chargers Titans game again. Like who would you rather have the, Here's a good one. You could have Stefan Diggs in the first round or Derrick Henry in the first round. And you could have Tyreek Hill. Let's just say, let's just for easy, Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell, I guess, if you want to. Would you rather have the Dolphins wide receiver with Stefan Diggs in the game everybody seems to be most excited about? Or would you rather have lower advance rate players, Derrick Henry and Mike Williams? I would rather have Derrick Henry and Mike Williams for me. Um, this is I do think this is Mike Williams had some big games. Keenan basically never had a big game. So that's probably probably where it comes from. YouTube user says uh, had a 32% advance rate on Mike Williams, but six on Keenan. So, you know, maybe Mike Williams, just because of the range he happened to be in or whatever, you know, 
him or Kyle Pitts or Keenan Allen or uh, Fournette, James Conner, maybe his advance rate will be higher than than I thought. But still, I, I still would like to have him on advancing teams. You know what I mean? Um, then I want to get to the Jets, another team I think we should be very excited for, playing the Lions. One caveat is the Lions defense is playing better. Now, the pass defense got absolutely roasted by Kirk and Jefferson and Thielen and Hawk and everybody. So they're clearly very vulnerable. The run defense has not been as bad as, right? So collectively, the defense is better, but still very much a plus matchup. Uh, they totally shut down Dalvin. So um, not that that matters. Zonovan is the lead rusher here, but maybe you can get some passing work from Michael Carter. I'm still trying. Need, I need some of these scrub running backs like Michael Carter to help me out here. So uh, I'm just like holding, I'm keeping a candle on for these losers, even though I know they're not going to do anything. But if there was a spot to do it, I think it's okay here. But the real story, the pass game, assuming Mike White is fine, assuming Mike White is fine, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are two guys here that, I want to have on teams. And Elijah Moore is so funny because done nothing all season, but he finally got to be an every down player last week, but in a bad matchup, he picked up volume, but he didn't pick up efficiency last week. Now he gets the lions. So does Garrett Wilson gets the lions, the Jags and the Seahawks over the course of the playoffs. There might not be a team. I'm more, I would be more excited to have players on, Elijah Moore did get to those snaps because Corey Davis got hurt. Corey Davis is in the concussion protocol. So maybe Corey, I think it looks like he's going to be out this week. Maybe Corey Davis comes back next week, but Elijah Moore still has earned a lot more work. And he's the right. Would you rather have Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore in a vacuum? Garrett Wilson. Would you rather have Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore when we start to factor in ownership and everything like that? It's probably Elijah Moore. But both guys. Gimme <laughs> and Tyler Conklin as a late as a late round tight end. Um, if you draft if you drafted some Tyler Conklin, I think I think you should be excited for him. Not because he's gonna, you know, he's not gonna do what Evan Ingram just did, but like if Tyler Conklin popped up for 60 and a touchdown, I mean that's all you need from your tight end spot. And I think he's one of the late round tight ends that are in the best situation to do it right against the lions against the Jags and against the Seahawks, Tyler Conklin would be a tight end. I have, looks like I have two advancing Tyler Conklin teams in BBM one. How do they both have Damian Pierce? That's really unfortunate, but what one he's on my, uh, Hertz. He's on a Hertz Saquon ETN Damian Pierce, RIP Pacheco team with my, with, with our boy, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Tyler Conklin, and Kylan Granson. So, but I think I think the Jets, generally speaking, if you look at your teams and you got Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Conklin, maybe Michael Carter. I think it's I think I think you're happy. <laughs> Only Blur says now that you brought the Jets wide receivers to my attention, I'm I'm kind of scared. I'm assuming you don't have a lot of the Jets, and um, you know you don't. I, I wouldn't be scared, but. Uh, I, I I would be a little worried, maybe. Obviously, the Eagles. We don't have to talk a ton about the Eagles. 
I mean, they're like uh, so many of the best picks in fantasy, probably the best quarterback pick, Hurts and Mahomes. Um, one of the best wide receiver, two of the best wide receiver picks. Now, the interesting part of the Eagles is probably Dallas Goddard. Um, Miles Sanders, given his cost, is going to have a high advance rate, but he's also a guy you want. He should just, the whole offense should just eat this week against the Bears. They should score as many points as they want. So if you're fading Eagles, it definitely doesn't feel well. But Dallas Goddard would be the guy I'd be most excited for on the Eagles. Tight end we know is an absolute wasteland. Having a tight end that's going to have some positive matchups. He's going to be back this week off IR. That will inherently lower his advance rate. Because he's been good, but not a stone-cold smash. And then he missed uh, you know, a month at the end of the season. Now you sneak him into the playoffs on your hurt stacks or not on hurt stacks, whatever. I think uh, while you are excited about all your Eagles, I think Goddard is the most interesting one for tournaments. <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely Russ had a seven percent advance rate, and uh, it's, it's true. He, like he just, it's a, I got a bunch of Mariota teams through into the playoffs and Mariota scored 20 points like two times all season but he was just out there getting 12 to 18 points a lot of weeks better than all the injured guys better than the Zach Wilson getting benched you know it could be worse <clears throat> and then he popped up in week 14 for his best game this is sick Christopher's second most owned wide receiver on teams that advance is Elijah Moore I would be excited. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out Felix's guy. Najee is in a good spot this week against the Carolina defense. <clears throat> they should be able to run the ball. Carolina shouldn't be able to pull away from them. If you have Najee and you're coping with the fact that he was the first, the worst pick in the first round, you can be hopeful about Carolina and in week 16 Vegas, which we'll talk about next week when Felix is the only person in all of best ball with Najee Harris second round teams. San Francisco, we definitely don't got to talk too much about CMC, but another good spot for San Fran. Uh, they should be able to score at will pretty much on Seattle. You know, there's, there's a little bit of talent in the Seattle defense, but still not a good defense. And then you remove Debo. It's just, God, CMC is just going to smash. I don't have a ton of, and they only have like one good CMC team that advanced on underdog. I haven't gone through my DraftKings teams yet, but gotta love CMC, my lord. You gotta love CMC. Um, and then without Debo, Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk's kind of a Elijah Moore esque player. He was he's been a lot better than Elijah Moore over the course of the season, but he hasn't been like amazing. And they went in a similar area of the, the draft. But now the 49ers get, you know, Washington is not an awesome matchup for CMC on the ground. But Seattle, Washington is a vulnerable pass defense. And then Vegas is a bad defense, period. I think they got, I think they're down to the 32nd, the, the last in DVOA on defense. Vegas is worse than Houston, I think. I, I could be wrong about that, but they're right there as the worst defense in the league. So San Fran just, especially without Debo, it's a fun team to have exposure to over these playoff weeks. And in particular, 
this week. And then I, I will say on the other side, Washington, if you have any of those Washington guys, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, Jahan Dotson, I think those guys are in a kind of like a, a sneaky good spot this week. The Giants defense is bad. Got some injuries up front. Got some injuries kind of everywhere. We saw what happened when they played. Now, Philly and Washington are quite different offenses. But we saw what happens to the Giants' defense when things don't go well for them. Just get absolutely, absolutely destroyed. 50 points hung on them. So it's a pretty positive pretty positive spot for Washington. They get San Fran in Week 16, which is not super exciting, but Cleveland is a good spot in Week 17. So... I think those are about all the best spots here. New England, as we talked, we talked a little bit about New England against, you know, against that Vegas defense. Damian Harris could be one of those guys too. That's really not a very good pick all season. Ramondre goes down. Boom. You get him against the best defense or the worst defense in the league. TD Vultures says, I had 96 teams advance. Highest advancing players is Pollard. I think that's not necessarily par for the course. Jacobs, you know, depending upon how much Jacobs you drafted and Tyreek you drafted and stuff, but Pollard's definitely going to be a very chalky player. Eagles, I I would, if I'm thinking through how I feel about what I expect ownership to be in my pods and everything like that, the thesis is Eagles, Jacobs, Pollard, Tyreek, that, you know, that Kelsey, that kind of stuff. Probably more more like Evan Ingram than you think. Random guys like that. But um, that is pretty much what I'm thinking, where we're, where we're headed in week 15. What I'm excited for, what I'm expecting, some of my advancing teams and advancing players and lots of you guys as advancing teams and advancing players that are, have been fascinating to me. I will be back tomorrow. Rob and I are going to uh, do a show tomorrow and start digging into more of these advancing teams, our expectations, thoughts on the playoffs, thoughts on some individual teams, thoughts on some of your individual teams. So we will be back tomorrow. And then we will also be back on Sunday after the afternoon games to talk about the results. Maybe all our, hopefully all of our, they will be quite embarrassing if all of our teams are dead. Hopefully all of our teams are not dead by that point, but you'll find out live on the air. We're going to talk instant reactions to the first round of the best ball playoffs. Thank you guys for joining. Hit the like button on the way out and I will see you guys tomorrow.